We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay. With me, regular guest on the show, Justin Thomas of Nets Republic. Justin, how are we feeling? Uh, feeling amped, feeling ready. It is 1.15 a.m. on the East Coast, but I am raring to go. Yeah, I mean, Nets pulled off back-to-back wins in L.A. Tonight over the Clippers, 124-108. James Harden looked back to normal. This is the guy that we saw a lot of last season. We're going to jump into that and plenty more, but you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms. Justin, off rift for this game for James Harden, what stuck out the most to you? Obviously, it was a 39-point scoring game. He had 15 assists, 8 rebounds. But what about this game for Harden really stuck out? Uh, it was a it was a complete game. Um, just complete James Harden dominance. Uh, this was shades of last season. Uh, it, I, this Honestly, this was the closest James Harden has looked to last season all year. And this is even better than the Knicks game. Uh, from a few weeks ago. This is better than the Christmas Day game, uh, which was last game, because this was a four-quarter effort from James. Uh, I think what really, really stood out to me was him, not his aggressiveness, you know, in the sense of, oh, yeah, he was being aggressive, but what he was doing at the rim. I think earlier in the season, we saw, yeah, he'd be aggressive and drive to the rim, but he'd be trying to draw a foul. He'd be trying to, like, you know, bowling ball defenders. Tonight, we saw him, you know, slithering in the paint, yep. using that patented uh, Euro step. I mean, we, have, we haven't seen the James Harden Euro step in a while, and he busted it out like three or four times tonight. So that was honestly the most impressive part about, you know, Harden's performances. Not only that he was being aggressive, but he was picking his spots and doing it in typical James Harden fashion. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point because the efficiency was really there for Harden tonight. 60% from the field, 15 to 25, 4 of 9 from 3, 5 of 5 from the free throw line. And like you said, he was getting to the rim and he was getting good looks at the rim. Like he was getting past that last defender. There was a little extra burst tonight. And he also had no issue breaking it down on anybody. And there was points where he was getting double teamed. He was taking that double team and still attacking the rim and finding the open player. He accounted for 72 points for the Nets between scoring and assists tonight. So he just really put the team on his back and this isn't like a gifted offensive group he played with we're talking about bruce brown deandre bembry you know nick claxon who did look well tonight uh, javon carter blake griffin james johnson patty mills like it's not like he's playing with all-stars out there and he really had this offense clicking yeah i was really hoping that patty mills didn't hit that last three-pointer just so james could get the uh 69 <laughs> alert too bad uh richard jefferson wasn't on the broadcast because he definitely would have got slid in a, a nice nice um <laughs> But no, it, it it was it it was great. I mean, you saw it even from the beginning of the game. Uh, the Clippers wanted to get the ball out of James Harden's hands. You know, they blitzed him at the top, uh, but he did a great job of you know, especially early finding Bruce Brown in the short roll, uh, and then Bruce doing what Bruce does. You know, he's arguably one of the best players in the league. I think at that short roll position, you know, you know his decision making at the free throw line, whether it's to drive for a layup, shoot the floater. You know, we saw early in the game he hit Nick Claxton for an alley oop. Um, so I think it was just a, it's, it's just a great effort all around, um, you know, James Harden just trusting his teammates. Yeah, I think that's a great point because a lot of guys stepped up in that short roll situation, be it Bruce Brown, be it DeAndre Bembry. You saw a little Nick Claxton. You saw a little Blake Griffin being able to take advantage of the open space the defense was providing, either getting a bucket or setting somebody else. I really like the way Bembry handled it tonight. Like there was points in this game where he was getting to the rim or making a pass and he was just, you know, really reading and reacting to what the defense was giving him. And I thought the Nets as a whole did a great job of not being hesitant at all, especially with the, you know, the Clippers being down some really good players and not really having a, a great paint threat in this game yeah that's the one I, I think the one thing that i you know have against Bembry in terms of like the you know the Bembry versus bruce brown uh debate is that bruce knows exactly what he wants to do in that short role and at the free throw line whereas Bembry uh this season has been a little bit hesitant but tonight you know like you said he was aggressive he was confident you know he got the ball at the free throw line and he immediately looked to all right i'm gonna attack and if it's not yep. there i'm gonna kick it out i know in the third quarter i believe he had a really nice off the i want to say uh, a double team from james at the top bounce pass into bembry he immediately whipped it over to uh patty mills on the wing for a yep. three i mean these are the things that a championship team is made out of and now not only that you have bruce brown you know what you get in him but you can get that type of play from Bembry, who's actually more athletic than Bruce. I mean, it's, it's something special. Yeah, I mean, Bembry had five assists tonight. And I think the one thing he does a little bit better than Bruce in terms of attacking the rim, he just has a better layup package. You know, that Euro yes. step he mixes in is something special. But I thought Bruce also tonight did a better job. He did a better job against uh, the Lakers as well, getting all the way to the rim. You know, not just settling for some of those push shots, like actually having true layups, some of those finger rolls. Really good stuff. And obviously it all comes from James Harden, but the Nets did a good job of keeping the advantage on offense. You know, if you're going to double team Harden, you need to be able to pass it to somebody who's going to be able to maintain that advantage. And the guys did that tonight by ball movement, by player movement, and just really making things click and understanding. It, it felt like watching a, a veteran basketball team, and that's obviously what the Nets have. And they're just a lot of guys in the right spots and understanding who they are. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think the ball movement was, you know, one of the nicer things about this game. Uh, you know, it wasn't a, you know, dominant shooting, you know, performance from three. Yeah, 
Patty had six threes, but he really didn't get going until the second half. You know, James started the uh, the first quarter. I think he hit his first three threes of the game. Uh, but, you know, overall, I think the ball movement of just constantly moving. You have a team in the Clippers that are without their two best defenders. Um, you know, probably three of their best defenders because yeah. you have Kawhi out, you have Paul George out. Nick Batum is no slouch on defense as well. Um, so and they're, they're missing a lot of, you know, key role guys themselves. So when you're going up against a young team, you know, what they were throwing out there, you know, like the most – you know, experienced person out there sometimes was Terrence Mann. Yeah. So, you know, ball movement, quick cuts, back screens, these are all the things that, you know, experienced teams need to do against, you know, inferior opponents. Yeah, and before we move on from James Harden, do you expect this level of play to maintain from Harden? Or are you expecting him to kind of keep this up? Obviously, not, you know, necessarily 39 points and 15 assists, but just the way he was able to kind of move on the court, break down his defenders, and get to the rim. Yeah, no, he's back. I think, uh, you know, the the two weeks off definitely did him good. I think I think tie a tired perspective, the two weeks off did him good. A wired yeah. perspective, <laughs> James Harden is excited because Kyrie Irving is coming back, and he's like, all right, now I can actually play basketball now. I don't have to kind of, like, drag my feet through the mud yeah. <laughs> to force Joe Sy's hand. Uh, but, no, I think he's – this is the James Harden of old. You know, I don't think there's any turning back. You know, obviously, we're not going to see 39 points, you know, 15 assists every single game. I mean, maybe we could see 15 assists because we saw it a lot last season yep. with, you know, especially with Kyrie and, back. Exactly. And um, Joe coming back, too. So and, that, and that's and that's what really makes it scary is that Harden is finding his groove as these guys are coming back. Katie should be back, you know, for the homestand, you know, uh, Kyrie is probably a week and a half away uh, from rejoining the team, you know, and Joe is, you know, we haven't really gotten many updates, but Joe's a few weeks away. He should yeah. probably be back around maybe the all-star break, but you know what you're going to get with Joe. He's he's a plug and play guy. You just yeah. stick him in the corner, stick him on the wing, uh, and he's just going to knock down the three. So it's a very exciting time um, if you're a James Harden stan. I know they've taken a lot of uh, heat, uh, you know, early this season, but so far, over the uh, at least these last two games, it looks like James Harden is back. Yeah, I mean, he just is moving different. Honestly, I think he might be a little bit lighter. He looks a little leaner on the court. I don't know if he had some type of diet or when he had COVID, he wasn't eating as much. <clears throat> but he just looks a little bit more spry. I also think it helps that Nick Claxton is playing so well, giving him a true lob threat and a big that can finish. I mean, Claxton looked really good tonight on both ends of the floor. We'll talk about that in a sec. But I'm excited to see what Harden can do. And like you said, he's finding his groove at the perfect time right now, and it's only going to lead to better things for the Nets. And I think offensively we're going to just see them pop like because of what you just mentioned, you know, Kyrie, Joe Harris. I think this is the four-week mark for Joe Harris around today or the last couple of days. They said somewhere between four to six or four to eight. So we could possibly even see him in January. Katie, I have no worries about. LaMarcus Aldridge obviously is going to be back at some point as well. So they're all of a sudden this team went from lacking offensive options to having a ton of them and then also having these defensive-minded players to really squeeze in. So it's going to be fun to watch Nets basketball. But We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk Nick Claxton for a bit. 18 points, 8 and 9 from the field, 2 or 3 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 blocks. I thought Clax offensively looked really confident and aggressive in this game and then defensively just continuing to showcase, you know, that really versatile skill set. Oh, yeah. I mean, he got it going early in the game. He had the Nets uh, first bucket. Uh, it was an and one over Zubac, you know, yep. almost a similar. It was almost a, a posterization uh, in his own right. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, just just being active early uh, is key for Clax. And I think getting him involved. Yep. Uh, is what helps him be more engaged on both ends of the floor. I mean, yeah, we already know what he can do on the defensive end, but you know, keeping him involved on offense, letting him know, like, hey, you know, we we see you out there. We're gonna fe- we're gonna feed you. Um, you know, like I said a little bit earlier, you know, he had Bruce Brown feeding him on an alley oop um, early in that first quarter. Uh, you know, he had a very nice. It wasn't a short roll per se, but Harden did find him back, not really back door, but on the baseline. Yep. You know, for a bucket. You know, he was banging down low. Uh, it was interesting to see he only, he had eight points early, zero, zero rebounds, zero blocks, zero assists. It was a true uh, Rip Hamilton stat line uh, going. But, you know, overall. Same build. <laughs> same build, right? We just, we, we just need the uh, the goggles, yeah. the face mask. Um, but, yeah, no, Hopefully overall. this two is... would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, he had one in Georgia. I don't know where it went, but. But yeah, overall it was it was just a really nice showing from Clax, and I thought you know he he held his own against uh, Zubac. Zubac is a big guy on the boards. Uh, you know you you can see them battling all night. You know he you know he got out rebounded a little bit, but you know it's gonna happen, right? He's not the sturdiest of guys. He's he's more you know limbs than girth. Yeah. But you know that that plays to his plays to his advantage when you're talking about him switching out on the perimeter, which he did against multiple. Multiple Clippers players, Eric Bledsoe, Terrence Mann, BJ Boston, you name it. You go down the list, you know, Claxton defended them, and they all failed the test. Yeah. You know, people clamps on about everybody who got that matchup. Every single body. So, you know, it's uh it's definitely an encouraging sign, and he's also peaking at 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 just the right time. 
Yeah, he's starting to live up to the offseason expectations a lot of us had for him. You know, I mentioned on the last podcast, you know, all defensive team is a possibility for him moving forward. I don't know if it's going to be this season, but just the versatility pop he's showing because him switching on to anybody allows the Nets to play a different style of defense. But also, I think his help defense is drastically improving, and so is his rim protection. Like, he's actually understanding, like, he can have an impact off ball as well rather than just switching an isolation situation. So that's something I'm really happy to see with Claxton. And then offense like you said you know he scored in multiple ways tonight obviously he had the drive early in the game he caught the oop but also he looked really confident finishing over smaller defenders in the past we've seen him kind of fumble those situations just being a little hesitant like the aggression and the confidence definitely looks like it's rising and also like his ball handling not to say that he's an elite ball handler but he's done enough to move the ball from point a to point b for a dribble handoff or just kind of initiate the play so clax is really trending up and i'm i'm excited to see what he can do because he's not going to get worse he's only going to get better his life is going to get easier playing with more and more stars and there's going to be even more spacing for him to catch more oops so clax continuing to play hard and just be maybe a little bit more disciplined in some situations i mean this is the guy that we wanted to see this season yeah i mean if claxon can do this every single night and obviously you don't expect 18 points you know a night yep. you know but if you're but if he can give you a solid 10 11 points you know six seven rebounds is it going to be that switch guy on defense? The Nets are a dangerous team. They are already a very, very good defensive team. And this was with, you know, Claxton missing 17 straight yep. games uh, early this season. So you add that piece on top of what's already – on top of what's coming back, you know, after the COVID protocols and after injury. This team is – I mean, there's, there's not a lot of weaknesses here. Yeah. I mean, you add, you know, a defensive, a potential defensive star in Nick Claxton with a whole bunch of offensive firepower, good things are going to happen. And I think the fact that he actually is becoming something on offense, obviously he's still limited, but there's still something there where it can benefit the team and take advantage of certain situations. And like you said, I mean, it just takes him to a whole nother level. Yeah. I will say the one thing that it, that, that is annoying me a little bit with the uh, Claxton conversation is that did you know that James Harden got Clint Capella paid? <laughs> because every single time like, we bring up Nick Claxton, we yep. got to bring up Clint Capella. We get it. James Harden got Clint Capella paid. But I'm not. I'm just. I'm. I'm gonna say it. Clint Capella did a little bit of his work on his own as well. I mean, yeah. Clint Capella was out there blocking shots, being a rim deterrent. That's what also got him paid. I mean, yes, he was definitely a beneficiary of a few James Harden lobs. But it wasn't all James Harden doing it. And that's the thing you see with Nick Claxton. Yes, he will thrive with James Harden. You know, he could be, you know, I wouldn't say a max player, but he could probably be a four, you know, four for 52 uh, guy. But let's not yeah. forget, Nick Claxton's main role, at least right now, is to be that stout switch defender, that rim protector, the guy that the Nets can put on defense and not worry about guarding one through five. Yeah, and I think when they play the switching style defense, it really stagnates some opposing offenses because they're trying to create advantage with a pick and roll or a pick and pop, and they're just not getting it because Claxton's able to switch. I think another positive sign for him, too, is he's playing 30 minutes. You know, he played good minutes in the last game as well. Getting those minutes up and still playing hard was somewhat of an issue for him last season. You're seeing the conditioning get to the point where it needs to be. Oh, yeah, and even even this season, early in the season, the first four games of the, of the year, I mean, it would be halfway through the first quarter and he looks gassed and you're like, yep. well, what's going on? Like, this is the beginning of the season, not expecting you to play 48 minutes, but I'm expecting you to get out the first quarter without needing an inhaler. Yeah. Um, so that's pro that, that that's also been one of the more encouraging signs with him coming back, you know, from his illness is that 
his conditioning definitely got better. Um, you know, don't know if it was just a mindset thing at the beginning, workouts, whatever it was. Uh, but that's definitely something that is important. It's going to play a big factor for the Nets, you know, especially come playoff time down the stretch when you might need Claxton to play, you know, 30, 32, 34 minutes a game with the Stars. Yeah, I mean, if he's playing at an elite level and he's really become this defensive X factor, like we're talking about him, like you said, playing mid-30s, possibly more in overtime games, whatever it might be. Really excited to see what he can do because obviously this team is filled with veterans and all-stars, but Clax is still that one young guy other than the Rooks that we could see potentially really take strides and get even better towards the end of the year. But moving on from him, we got to talk Patty Mills. No Jack, but we'll still give him some love. 18 points, uh, 6 of 14 from the field, 6 of 13 from three, three rebounds, two assists, one steal. I mean, wasn't Patty's best shooting game, but he still did enough to have an impact, gave the Nets some much-needed scoring, and that constant energy is never, never forgotten. You know, real quick, I don't know if you noticed during the broadcast they were talking about, like, you know, how the Nets were playing so late and that they have, you know, fans in um, – Australia. Yeah. I thought they were shout. I thought they were gonna shout out Jack for a second. Yep. And I was like, oh snap! I didn't know Jack was that big time. <laughs> yeah. Like this is crazy. Uh, but but no, Patty is Patty. You know, after a 34 point performance, um, you know, against the Lakers, it. I can't even say like this was an off game because I mean, still 18 points. You know, all of his points coming on three pointers, which has kind of been the norm, I yep. guess, for Patty this season. Six of 13, but um. You know, what you see is what you get. He struggled a little bit in the first half, um, getting a shot. The second half, especially in that third quarter, I believe he had three straight three-pointers. Um, you know, part of that run that pushed the Nets lead up to, like, past 20. Uh, so, you know, he's he's a fire starter. I think since he got inserted into the starting lineup, since Joe Harris has been out, I think he's been averaging, like, 18 points a game, uh, something like that. He's still top three in three-point uh, yeah. shooting. So, I, I mean, you want to talk about off-season acquisitions – this has, I mean, I haven't seen yet this season an offseason acquisition affect a team in a way that Patty Mills has done for the Brooklyn Nets. At least for the taxpayer mid-level exception. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I think DeMar DeRozan with the Bulls would probably be the guy. Yeah, I but, would say like, like non-star. Yeah, know, yeah. I mean, in terms of role player fits, Patty's been A1. And I mentioned on the Lakers recap is like, imagine if the Lakers had got Patty Mills. I feel like that'd be game changing for their season. Even just hypothetically, if the Warriors had added Patty Mills, that'd make them even more dangerous. So happy that he's with the Nets. One play that really stuck out for Patty tonight for me was there was a player, the shot clock was expiring. It was like one point in, he caught the ball, super patient, still hit the three. Like most guys in that situation be so rushed. No sweat for him. Just an easy day at the office. Just let me knock that down. I'm not worried about the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. And it's crazy because he's done that a few times this season. And it's like, oh, my God, Patty, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. And he's like, nah, don't worry, mate. I got it. <laughs> Casually. And it's just, you know, the arc of the ball as it's going up and you hear the buzzer sound and it just goes through the through the net. And you're like, dang, this guy Patty is something else, man. Yeah, oh, I also like the the behind the back pass he threw on that like little highlight reel to James Harden, then Harden threw the oop to Claxton. I was like, yeah, add a little extra spice. I was, uh, you know, silent screaming when <laughs> I saw that. Like I'm watching it unfold, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like the behind the back and the lob. I mean, it's one of those plays where you just know what's going to happen at the end. Like as soon yep. as he went behind the back, you're like, all right, this is going to be a lob. It kind of, you know, obviously not in the same you know light, but it kind of reminded me of the. Uh, the big razzle-dazzle play the Nets yep. had at the end of the season against the Cavs where Blake threw it behind his back, and then they go off the glass to KD. Like, yep. that's kind of how that one felt. Um, I think the play that stuck out for me, though, was in the second half—not no, not second half, second quarter, 
when Patty dives on the floor for the loose yep. ball, gets it to James, and then James bounce passes. I mean, tremendous bounce pass to Bembry, who then goes up for the dunk, gets called for a technical foul for hanging on the rim, which I thought was kind of dumb because he, like when I watched the replay, it looked like he was hanging on the rim so he didn't bump into uh, Eric Bledsoe, yeah. who, was, who was underneath him. But, you know, it is what it is. But overall, Patty just – but that's but that's Patty, right? Patty yep. gives you those hustle plays. Um, you know, even in the beginning of the season, I think my biggest gripe with the Nets was that they played pretty lackadaisically. They didn't have fight. They didn't show that that effort, you know, outside of Bruce Brown. But then when Bruce Brown was hurt, there was nobody really doing that except for Patty Mills. And yep. then, you know, because obviously he's part of the, you know, the blue-collar boys. Yeah, I mean, Patty diving on the floor, setting up those plays. That, like you said, that pass to Bembry from James Harden, those are probably my favorite passes from him. Over the head, bounce pass, like in front. It's just almost Jason Kidd-esque, you know what I mean? Just something that kind of reminds you some of those fast breaks. And it's just easy buckets like that, especially when you're missing some offensive guys. And it helps kind of build up those leads. So Patty always making those extra plays. Love to see it. And he's really stepped up with multiple guys being out. But Moving over to Bembry, you know, we mentioned him a little bit before, 12 points, 6 to 7 from the field, 2 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Another solid game for him and Bruce Brown. Anything else you want to touch on for these two guys that stuck out to you? Uh, no, not 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 particularly. I mean, they 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 they've played well. Uh, they did their job. They 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 did their job, you know, and that, that that that's all you can really ask and I'm excited to see what their jobs are going to be when everybody's back. Yep. Um, you know, I think what's going to be, obviously we know the Bruce Brown death lineup, um, that the Nets can employ, but I wonder how Bembry fits with yep. next to Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, what stars are going to play with him? You know, what stars can you play with him? Can you play Kyrie Irving and Bembry at the same time? Um, can you only play Harden and Bembry with KD only sometimes? Like, I, I don't know. The, there's a lot of options and yeah. it's, 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 it's nice problems to have if you're the Nets. Yeah, and I thought both guys stepped up offensively, had some good moments in this game, and then defensively they're doing their job. But I also think that both guys understand that, hey, we saw it like two weeks ago at this point, we saw David Duke Jr., Kessler Edwards come on and make some plays. Like, we got to turn up a little bit because these guys are coming for our minutes. And like you said, with Kyrie coming back, someone's going to get knocked out of the rotation or their minutes are going to drastically drop. So it's going to be interesting to see how Steve Nash manages that and who fits best and who ends up getting those minutes, especially because they're going to be so limited with so many guys being healthy and having roles on this team. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that the uh, person that loses their minutes is Javon Carter. Um, because, yeah, that is I. I try to pay money to make that happen. <laughs> I, I don't know where we go from this, and I like I really don't like you know killing players because um, yep. obviously they're they're out there giving their all, and you know it's hard doing what they do at this high of a level. But at the same time, you know I, I think Lucas Kaplan you know said it pretty well in a tweet earlier where it's like this isn't the Javon Carter we saw on tape for the past two years uh, in Phoenix, you know, because in Phoenix he was a guy that obviously he you know he picks up you know full court on defense, but. The only time he's really shooting a three is when he's, you know, in the corner, you know, when it's kicked out to him or if it's kicked out to him on the wing and he just happens to be open. But we're seeing like a Leroy Jenkins type mentality from him, which is very, very confusing. It's it's alarming, the shot selection, only because it stifles, it stifles the uh, the energy, it stifles the momentum that the Nets have. And I, I just don't know what Nash is seeing. Obviously, you have to play him because, you know, the depth is so small right now, but I just don't see what Nash is seeing, obviously, in practice that keeps the, I guess, 
uh, what is it, the confidence, yeah. you know, in him. Like, I don't, I don't understand why you would you'd play it. And we saw, even in the Lakers game, I thought Nash coached, you know, a pretty decent game. Uh, I thought his two blunders were inserting Javon Carter in the first half and inserting Javon Carter in the second half because both those times were when the Lakers made their runs. Um, I, his just shooting transition threes. I mean, who do you think you are? Yeah. I mean, I, he had a, at the end, I think it was the third quarter, he took an isolation possession for himself. And it's like, bro, you're the last in the totem pole for this. I'd rather see Blake isolate before I see you isolate at this point. Like, it's just that bad. And like you said, don't necessarily like, you know, shitting on a player, but he's just been really rough. And he's not even necessarily making a ton of those hustle plays either. You know, when you're a bad offensive player, you got to do some of those other things. And he just really can't do that. And his really only offensive weapon is a three-point shot. And it's so inconsistent right now. It just always feels like it's going to be a miss. And yet he has to play him to an extent. But I'd rather see Langston Galloway or Shaq Harrison or James Ennis get his minutes because he's really been that bad. And I think when the team is healthy, there's really no reason for him to see the court unless it's garbage time. Like, I mean, I'd, I'd rather them see, you know, uh, was it Roquan Gray or, uh, <laughs> you know, Marcus Zagorowski, yeah. um, you know, get a little some minutes. I mean, they can't be they can't be worse. I mean, granted, his defense is is solid. I will give him that. It's, it's solid. You know, he doesn't make too many mistakes out there. But the defense isn't like lockdown superior where it's like I can I can just totally ignore the offensive blunders. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, and there was even a possession where he was on the court with Harden where he's bringing the ball up um, in transition. And Harden, you can see Harden calling for the ball at the top of the key, and he's just, you know, he just ends up passing it off to James Johnson. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just confusing plays like that. I mean, I get it. Like, with the stars out, guys have to step up. But sometimes you don't have to step up, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just understand your role and understand your game. I'd be surprised if he's on the team past the trade deadline, but that's another discussion. I guess, Justin, before we get out of here, Blake Griffin, James Johnson, Langston Galloway, anything that stuck out for those guys? I guess Blake had a little bit of a range game, 12 points, nine rebounds. Oh, yeah, Blake Griffin. How about him, man? I thought he had one of his – I thought he had probably the best first half he's had since uh, up in Toronto when he was yeah. cashing all those threes. I mean, he was, he was just – you could – Multiple you could Multiple. You could tell this was a revenge game for him because just just the activity he was fighting on the boards, even if he was missing, you know, some close layups, he was still getting those rebounds. He was diving on the floor, you know, going after loose balls from out of bounds. Uh, it, it was great. It was refreshing to see. You know, it's nice seeing Blake like this is the Blake we like to see. Right. It, it, yep. I feel like as Nets fans, after what we enjoyed from Blake last season, it killed us watching him just be a shell of himself uh, for a little bit of this season, which is why he was, you know, put on the bench. But outings like this are very encouraging. It, it helps build confidence and it makes you encourage that, hey, maybe you can go to Blake, you know, down the stretch of the season in playoffs for, you know, five, six, seven minute spurts where he'll give you that energy. He'll give you that, you know, that one dunk where it's like, all right, he gets the bench up or he'll dive on the floor. He'll get his, his, I don't think he got a charge tonight, but Still, you know it's you know it's eminent whenever he's on the floor, but I thought it was a very, very good game for uh for Blake. Yeah, I mean you love to see him have that extra energy to go up and dunk it because his layup package hasn't been great this year. So anytime he can just throw it to the hoop, that's ideal. And the four offensive rebounds, that's something he doesn't really do a ton. So just having that en extra energy burst is a plus for the team, especially, you know, the minutes are going to be a little bit tight. But if he can at least do that, and like you said, take a couple of charges, you know, you don't mind putting him out there. So credit to Blake, and he's really, I think, bounced back well from the benching, and he's earned those minutes back. Yeah, and it's good to see, you know, veterans who get benched 
you know, get a resurgence. I mean, we're seeing it with Kemba, you know, in, in New York. You know, I, I never really agreed with that benching to begin with, but that's, you know, that's a story for another day on a different pod about a yep. different <laughs> Um, but, but no, Blake has definitely handled this like a professional. Um, so kudos to him, you know, cause there's a lot of veterans that probably would have been pouting, you know, on the bench, you know, refusing to go in. Uh, we saw that in, uh, I believe Sacramento with, I want to say Rashawn Holmes who refused to go into a game at one point. So, you know, great job for Blake. Um, I will say for James Johnson, uh, J and J, uh, he dev, I saw, was it? Nesta, yeah, I think it was Nesta Patience of SpongeBob. He made a a, J, a James Johnson booster shot uh, <laughs> joke, which I thought was funny. Um, but no, he's definitely been, I guess, a booster for the Nets over the past few uh, games, especially tonight. You know, n- nothing that stood out. Um, I know he had a a, a, a very nice coast to coast attempt. I think he got fouled on the play. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Uh, in the first half, I know he was he was shimmying on somebody. I was like, okay, like. Hey, why not? You know, because when the stars come back, you may not get these minutes. So do what you want. But also a very nice finish uh, underneath the basket, which he's been yeah. adept at doing. I think that's one of the the sneaky things about his game is that he gets those tough finishes at the basket where you're like, okay, James, I see you. Yeah, he, he definitely has that reverse layup down. He does a great job using the rim to kind of protect the basketball. And then also eight rebounds tonight. I think I just love the physicality he plays with, especially going against bigger guys sometimes or smaller guys. Just another versatile piece that kind of fits the sweat, a switching scheme that I think is the most ideal for the net. So credit to him. Langston Galloway, nothing crazy for him. Hit one three, played some filler minutes. Wasn't bad, wasn't good. Nothing really stuck yeah. out for me. Ten second, second sit on the ten gate, ten day contract, making the most of it. You know, shout out to him, uh, he's making the most of his opportunity. Um, that's all you want. He's not a net negative out there. Um, so, you know, when his ten days are up, it, you know, I can't wait for the tribute video when we get back to Barclays. <laughs> but <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, and Paul Millsap, you know, played about 10 minutes in this game. Nothing crazy, but also nothing bad. I thought these were some positive minutes for Millsap. But, Justin, any other final thoughts you want to throw out there? Uh, Yeah, just like, just just pointing out just how dominant the Nets were, I guess, tonight. Uh, I want to say I I had the stat. I think it was 64, 62 or 64 points in the paint, um, which it was, I felt, I believe, too shy of their season high, which came against the Hawks. Um, held the Clippers to under 30 points in the paint, uh, which is good because, you know, they have a lot of size. You know, you have Ibaka, you have Zubac, you figured, all right, it might be a tough night for Claxton. There might be a lot of uh, easy layups. But, no, Nets, uh, you know, the front line held strong. Uh, Defensively, they were active. My one problem, though, obviously that fourth quarter. Yep. You know, you, you, all right, so Ty Lue empties the bench. You got a bunch of rookies in there. You got Justice Winslow in there. Also, didn't know that Justice Winslow was on the Clippers. Um, but, you know, just keeping the, the sense of urgency. You know, you saw what happened in the Lakers game. You know, obviously, you have LeBron James. You have Russell Westbrook. You know, those are stars. They're going to come back, you know, regardless. They're going to make you fight. But, you know, when you're up 16, 17, 18 points against a bunch of rookies, you have a chance to put them away. You know, you do it, you know, yep. and thank goodness that James Harden was there, you know, to be the calming presence, you know, be the adult in the room, you know, when the kids are kind of messing up, uh, you know, he has that and one you know, layup with about like six minutes left. And then, you know, I think I what I thought was a backbreaking uh, yep. four point play, you know, from the corner. So which I thought they were going to call flagrant on, to be honest, because I didn't think he gave him any landing space. But yeah, tackle hey. him out of bounds. But, you know, it's James mm-hmm. Harden. 
he's, he's James Harden. So, uh, you know, props to him. You know, Nets get to come back. You know, short a short road trip. You know, yeah, well, it was just the Portland game, right? It was supposed to be a three-game road trip, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, so, you know, took care of business in L.A., go back home. You're going to face a, a Sixers team, you know, with Joel Embiid. They're getting healthy as, as well. Uh, KD should be back. Um, so it'll be nice to see this James Harden with Kevin Durant, you know, and yeah. obviously, we you know, like we have no worries like, oh, what's Kevin Durant going to look like when he comes back? Because, I mean, he's probably going to give us, you know, another efficient 26 points on 11 of 15 shooting. So, you know, overall, I think the Nets are playing well as a team, not just individually, but as a team. Um, and it, it's a very exciting time for Nets basketball. Yeah, there's some good vibes going around with the Nets. Just guys are stepping up, filling in. And like you said, just going to that fourth quarter. If the Nets, you know, capitalize early in that quarter, maybe James Harden doesn't have to play 40 minutes. Maybe he's able to play, you know, 36 or 38. And I think that's the killer instinct. But that's also, you know, when you get some of your stars back, that just becomes a little bit easier because you got KD out there knocking down a three or two. And obviously stats between ESPN and NBA are a little bit different. So I have points in the paint from NBA.com. 74 for the Nets, 38 for the Clippers. Uh, fast break points, 23 for the Nets and 10 for the Clippers. Not necessarily a team like the Nets that get out and transition a ton. I think that's always a plus for them, especially when they're missing some of these shooters. And like you said, really dominant inside. Like that's just a big time game for the Nets. And I think a lot of that's James Harden. James Harden had a lot of points in the paint tonight. So credits them playing hard and making things happen. Justin, always a pleasure. Big thanks everybody listening. Check the buzz on all stream platforms.